Alright, legends. Welcome back, dude, to yet another episode of Get Around Me. What a time it is to be alive, truly. Okay, there's chaos in my hometown of Manly on the northern beaches of Sydney, okay? We're rattled up here in the Ivory Tower. I don't know what to tell you. Manly Seagulls Rugby League coach Des Hasler has been sacked in dramatic fashion. Now, I hear what you're saying. Bill, you've been candid in the past about the fact that you're a casual rugby league fan and then you openly support the South Sydney Rabbitohs. How does this news affect you? Okay? And they're great questions, guys. Uh, Good to see you as an audience are as switched on this early in the episode as I hoped you would be. But here's the deal, dude. It's infiltrated my local zeitgeist, you know? I'm down at the pub. People are asking me, what's going on with Des? What do you think about Des? And I've got no opinions, mate, okay? If anything, I'm reveling in the fact that the Seagulls are having such a tough time. I don't care for them, okay? I've seen Daly Cherry Evans out and about in Manly, and to be honest, he looks smug. He looks real fucking smug, dude. So I got no qualms in seeing the Seagulls have a bit of a rough trot. But I will say this, in relation to Des Hasler getting the old heave-ho from the Seagulls, is that, dude, is there a worse job on the planet to get fired from than professional sports coach? Because imagine you get sacked and the whole world knows it. And this is coming from a local gentleman who's been sacked more times than I'd like to openly admit on an audio platform, okay? But imagine you've, you've been given the old heave-ho, hit the bricks, catch you later, and it's on the fucking six o'clock news, dude. That is absolutely shattering. <laughs> imagine you get sacked from like Commonwealth Bank and it's on Channel 9. And they're just, they're so brutal about it. They're like, they'll just blatantly say that people don't like the coach. Imagine you get sacked and, and there's like Channel 9 going, reports are that Billy Darcy was not well-liked within the office. He's not as funny as he thinks he is. And uh, some people found him to at times be mildly racist. You know, imagine this is fucking hitting the news. Every dinner party you go to, people are like, what's happening with you, Bill? Apart from your whole life falling apart around you, as detailed on yesterday's episode of Sunrise on Channel 7. You know, I don't think anyone who ever, who's ever been sacked should have Koshy comment on it. I just think that's a level of indignity no human should ever go through. Call me old fashioned. But sporting coaches, it's the, I mean, it's a great gig. It's a great gig. But there is no worse gig to exit from. Either you win a premiership and get carried out. Or, or you get sacked and disgraced in front of the whole world. I mean, look what happened to Michael Maguire at the Tigers. That poor bloke thought he was in for a, a great, you know, revival of, of this club. He went in with heaps of energy and passion. What's that? You want to do a, a full documentary on our season uh, week to week? Yeah, I see no qualms with that. I'm really excited with what's about to happen. Turns out this clueless bloke led in 12 HD cameras into him leading one of the most hapless NRL sides the league has ever seen. I mean, these poor coaches. 
I think we need an Are You OK Day just for NRL coaches, you know? And the players seem to always escape the blame. Manly didn't even have that bad of a season. Des Hasler gets the old heave-ho. Why is it that when the players go out and fuck everything up, the 65-year-old guy on the sideline gets blamed for it? I'd love to see a coach just fight back just one of these times and just be like, they're like, Des, what's going wrong at the club? And instead of him being like, we've got to stick to our processes, you know, we're building for the future, this is a transition period, synergy, buzzwords, etc., dude, etc. Instead of that, I'd love to see a coach come out and be like, well, fuck, these players aren't too good, are they? You know, I can only do my best. I've told them what to do. Tommy Turbo is an idiot, you know? This guy did his hamstring making himself a fucking sandwich this morning. We paid a million dollars a season for the bloke to walk around on crutches and have coffees in Manly just looking sort of mopey and dumb. So yeah, the players are a big part of this problem too, you know? <laughs> well, the coaches never get to fire back. Like Madge Maguire at the West Tigers, I'd love it if he just said, fuck, these guys suck, you know? Madge, what's gone wrong for the Tigers this season? I don't know, the team we've put together? Have you seen these blokes attempt to play rugby league out there? It's tough to watch. And I've got to watch it every every week. At least some of you can fucking go to your brother's birthday and check the scores online. I've got to watch every minute of this. It's awful. I told them to play well. I told them all to play well. They come in at 20 nil down. I said, boys, that's not even close to what I said. I said, play well. They came in at 20 nil down. They said, coach, what do we do? I told them, play better. Okay. <laughs> then they come back off at 40 nil down. That's the end of the game. I said, well, boys, you haven't listened to me from the get-go and you didn't listen at half time. I can only do so much, you know. I just feel sorry for these poor coaches. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. Like Daily Cherry Evans in the uh, media was like, yeah, pretty upset for Dez, but also looking to the future. Cop that, Des. On to the next, you know? <laughs> Players get to be so romantic about their own form, the form of the club. You know, you'll have like a million-dollar NRL player come out and he'll be like, yeah, looking back on the last few weeks, mate, probably didn't have the fire in the belly that I really needed. It's like, mate, for 950 k a year, I'm pouring some fucking kerosene down your throat and lighting a match, Okay. You know, oh, you're, you're not really feeling it this week. Imagine if an accountant came in, he's on 45k a year and he said, sorry, boss, probably don't really have the fire in the belly this week, you know, feeling a bit burnt out. Don't really have that. Uh, I've lost my passion for, for counting. I really have. Counting, accounting. Uh, I've even, you know, lost some of, of the fire in the belly as far as subtracting. So I'm going to need to sort of take some time off for my mental health maybe sit in a hyperbaric chamber for six hours a day. These poor coaches, they have to deal with all of this. Des Hasler, I mean, Tommy Turbo barely plays, plays any games this year, the best player in the whole league. And then at the end of it, he gets sacked out of nowhere and gets, gets the full blame. You know, I feel sorry for these sporting coaches, okay? Anyway, out the gate, uh, some empathy for, for the men that govern the very sports we, we love week to week and uh let's move on let's crack into the yarns 
from the week that was. Firstly, had something crazy happen at a stand-up gig. Well, not that crazy, I suppose. But what happened was, so I'm, I'm hosting. I'm the host with the most. I'm the master of ceremonies. I miss my ex-girlfriend. And I'm out there doing it, dude. Okay? I don't know what to tell you. But I'm hosting this gig in Chippendale. Standout comedy. Great gig. Okay? Great gig. They filmed the stand-up there, which is chef's kiss. And I've never, I've never used that expression before. I think I've been hanging out with too many progressive people with fringes, but it should become a norm for not every comedy room, but good ones to film shows and have the clips available, you know? You can build the club social media, you build the comedian social media, everyone's getting laid, you know what I mean? It's a win-win. Anyway, I go up in between one of the acts and this is between maybe the third and the fourth act and people are just talking, Okay. And I don't want to bring on the next act to an environment that's not going to suit them, okay? I'm the host. As the host, it is my job to set up the room for the acts to do well. That's literally the whole gig, you know? You see some blokes do a, you know, sort of a loose six minutes and just eat shit emceeing and bring on the first act and just send them to the wolves. It's cowardly stuff, you know? It's on the MC to run the room. So I'm emceeing away and the show's going great, but I get up there after the third act and people are chatting. They're not engaged. They've, they've actively disengaged from the comedy. And so I go, what's going on, guys? Does anyone need to get a drink, anything like that? I can hear people in the front row saying, discussing what beer they're going to purchase. Now, I said, lads... If you need to get a drink, now's the time. I'm the MC. If anyone needs to get a drink, feel free to go now. You know, I'd much rather you do that than interrupt the acts who are doing their, you know, well-honed material. Whereas I'm really just fucking around doing nothing but crowd work anyway. So I said to the guy in the front row, I said, if you need to get a drink now, mate, now's the time. Okay, this bloke gets up and then I want to say roughly 73% of the audience get up and leave the room. And it's like a downstairs room at a pub. So now, I've basically, I've, I've led like a mass exodus of this gig halfway through. Like, let's say there's 70 people down there. I think maybe 40 got up and left. And I've just, <laughs> the gig was going great before this. I've never had this happen before. The gig's going great. I said, if anyone needs to get a drink, now's the time. I don't know if people thought it was the break or what. But I've absolutely cleared out the room. I've evacuated the scene. There's like fucking 14 people left. And you can tell they want to leave, but they're too scared to now. You know, they want to stretch the legs and and go hit a fucking mango vape as well. And then so I start freaking out. I'm like, lock the fucking doors. No one else leaves. (laughs) Like, And then I'm like, I said to Reese who runs the room. I'm like, I'm still on stage, by the way. I'm like, I'm like, no one else leave. I go, Reese, like, what do I do? Because I don't want to bring up the next act to 11 people and just have him eat shit to 10 people and then people coming back in during his thing. So then I just start like kind of, I I don't want to use the word abusing. Okay, that seems a little heavy handed for what I'm describing here, but I'm, I'm harassing the audience. I don't think there's any doubt about that. You know, I'm saying lock the doors. One guy goes to get up and get a drink as well. And I'm like, nah, 
you're sitting down. And he's like, oh, I need to go to the bathroom. And I'm like, no, you fucking don't, cunt. Sit down, okay? It became like a full-blown hostage situation. And then, like, uh, it got pretty aggressive in a, in a very humorous way. But, uh, and then I ended up just sort of riffing. I'm trying to work on this new bit. I've got about sex robots, you know. It's pretty pretty sharp stuff, cutting edge. Hannah Gadsby, move over. And I ended up just riffing about sex robots for about seven minutes while people trickled back into the room uh, in what was one of the more embarrassing, is that the word I'm looking for? Not embarrassing, maybe stunted six minutes of my life on stage where people, it was kind of like I was doing stand-up and maybe like an IT conference. People were just sort of milling around, discussing things, you know. There wasn't a lot of, it was actually sort of a real come-from-behind story. I went from accidentally evacuating the room, bombing to 14 people, threatening them to not leave, middling to 20 people, starting to get some momentum. People start coming back in. By the end of the seven minutes... You know, there was there was a genuine sense of camaraderie in the room. I don't think I had done particularly well. What I had done was not given up in the face of adversity, okay? So, totally blew that, then brought it back. And I talked about sex robots for six minutes. In hindsight, potential mistake as the next guy came on and talked about nothing but pornography and virtual reality pornography uh, for the next six minutes as well. So, you know... Just a couple of straight white fellas in a basement talking about fucking robots, you know. We weren't exactly elevating the art form on this particular night. But it was quite a rattling experience. And uh, thank God everyone came back because I honestly didn't know if they would. You know, I was thinking, fuck, people have had their fill. They've already seen like five comedians plus me. You know, people are going to get home early, get into bed to attack their Thursday. So paint me rattled, paint me nervous, paint me relieved. It all worked out. So anyway, next yarn, I realized I forgot a pretty good one from the America trip that I just wanted to briefly tell, um, and then and then we're, we're done done with the America trip. But there was just one where I thought, I realized a couple of weeks ago, I was like, fuck, I forgot this yarn. And then I was thinking, duh, nah, don't worry about it. And then I just thought, nah, I want to tell this. So... This is the part of the trip we're leaving New Orleans and we're driving to Austin. But in between New Orleans and Austin, we stayed a night in this place called Lake Charles. And I forgot to mention this portion of the trip previously. So, we're leaving New Orleans and it's been very booze, 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 etc., uh, etc. Et Some of the boys, you know, it was quite a reckless time. Anyway... Before we go to Lake Charles, we have a night off scheduled for Lake Charles, okay? So I'm like, we have to get some weed in New Orleans before we go to Lake Charles. I'm not having a sober night off, you know what I mean? Like, we're not fucking priests, okay? So the thing is with America is like, you go to one city and like, as you get off the plane, they're like just handing you legal weed. You're in LA, they're like, mate lick this fucking metal straw and next thing you know the walls are moving and it's all happening then you go to the next state and they're like if you even look like smoking marijuana it will be the death penalty so it's very hard to get a read state to state on what's actually going on and then some places it's illegal but then there's weed stores and you have to like 
tell the guy, you have to be like, I want to buy some weed, but then like look away, leave the money there. And then, and then when you look back, there's weed there. It's all very up in the air in America right now, you know? And New Orleans was very much the same. Like there were these weed stores, but you would go in and ask for weed. And I don't know if it's because I'm, you know, I'm a beautiful Irish six with, um, some of the more elegant freckles the streets have ever seen. But I don't know. I wasn't really... Um, like, I tried to buy weed from two of these stores and they both said they were out of weed. They said we could buy edibles. But I didn't want edibles. And also, I knew we had weed and I knew I was getting mugged off. And I was like, God, oh, what's going on in this town? So I go, all right, it's time to hit the streets. So I see a black guy who sort of looks like he's out of, uh, you know, sort of a, a Nas music video, if you will. You know, he looks like he's partying at all times. I said, brother, where can we buy some butt around here? He goes, you came to the right place. I said, wow. I'm not sure if it's the diamonds on your teeth or the plastic bars on your sunglasses, but I did have a good feeling. So we go to the ATM, get some cash out. This is the only street drug deal we conducted on the trip. Yeah, maybe that's not true. And uh, he goes, this is how we do business in New Orleans. He goes, I'm going to shake his hand, then I'm going to shake yours, then we're never going to talk again. So I shook his hand, I had the money, then he shook um, Vol's hand, gave him the weed, we walked off. It was, without a doubt, the coolest thing I've ever been a part of. Um, I honestly started skipping down the street, I'm not ashamed to say it, okay? I've never once conducted a drug deal where I haven't felt like a complete fucking nerd until this moment, okay? So really felt like I gained some extra melanin in the process and we were on to the next. So we go to Lake Charles and we're staying in this motel off the side of the highway. Lake Charles is just this city in between New Orleans and Austin. It's not even really a city, but it's got two huge casinos. It's got like the Golden Nugget and, you know, like the Golden Arch. And they're like 200 meters across from each other. And that's it. Apart from the casinos and the lake, this place is a nondescript Texas shithole. In fact, it might still just be in Louisiana. Anyway, we stay in a motel off the side of the highway. I think it was $27 for the night. And we got a smoking room. Now, what we thought was like, sick, we'll be blazing in the room. What it actually means is the room just smells like cigarettes. And I got to say, it was honestly pretty nostalgic. It smelled like 1993 in there, and I was kind of loving it. Anyway, then Macca fucking gets it in his head that we've been sold synthetic weed, and we're all going to skits out and die, because there's this stuff over there called spice, and it's like synthetic weed, and it can, it can like induce psychosis and all sorts of stuff. So then, now we're freaking out. I'm on Google, Googling synthetic weed. And I've got the weed we bought and I've got the fucking synthetic weed on Google Images. And I'm like, nah, I reckon we're all right. And then Macca's like, we're all going to die. And I was like, Macca, it's got fucking stems on it. It's not synthetic. Shut the fuck up. But I was nervous as well. <laughs> anyway, so we, bl- we blaze this stuff. It turns out to be normal weed. Shock. Shout out to our boy on the streets of New Orleans. We go, we get an Uber to the Golden Nugget. Now, we're so blazed. The first three of us get in. Macca doesn't get in. Okay? It turns out his license doesn't go through the scanner properly because it's got a crack in it. So then we go back out and go back with Macca to another entrance in the casino. And then none of us get in. 
because apparently you need a passport to get into casinos in America and we should never have been let in in the first place. So then we're like, fucking hell. The boys are talking to this guy going, come on, mate, please let us in. You know, uh, Vol and Gil are really putting it on this bloke. Come on, we're lovable Aussies. Please let us in the casino. Gil loves the casino. He's like, uh, loves gambling. I don't really gamble in casinos. I'm, I'm more of a sports gambler. So I don't really care. And then, so we're like, whatever. There's another casino 200 meters down the road. We Uber to the second casino. We don't get in there, okay? But here's the thing. We start talking to this guy. He doesn't let us in either. He's like, you need a passport. Gil and Vol are so high that they think they're still talking to the same guy from the first casino. So he's like, brother, come on. It's us again. You've got to let us in. Well, come on, mate. Like, you let us in the first time. He thinks it's the first guy from the first casino who let us in when he shouldn't have. So they start talking to this guy thinking it's the first guy. It's just a completely different person. He has no idea what, what Vol and Gil are talking about. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen. They're like, come on, mate. You let us in once. The guy's like, mate, I've never met you before in my life. And Gil and Vol are like, mate, come on. Like, what the hell? I thought we were boys. This guy's like, we are not boys. Like, what are you referring to? And uh, so we get, we get not let into our second casino of the night. Now we're just in Lake Charles. Like there's nothing in Lake Charles apart from the casinos. So then we get another Uber to this diner. The same Uber driver picks us up. This is like 10 minutes after he dropped us off at the casino. He's like, what happened, boys? And we're like, we can't get in. We're too high. We don't have our passports. He's like, fucking hell. All right. He goes, I'll take you to this diner. It's really good. We go, sounds good, mate. We're starving. And he goes, we go... What sort of food do they do at this diner, mate? And, and prelude to this, Americans just cannot handle the banter. They don't get sarcasm. They don't, they don't really get any self-deprecation, nor can they take a joke. Um, and, you know, it, they just take everything very personally. And uh, so Vol goes, what sort of food do they do at this diner, mate? Like, is it Southern stuff or what's going on? And the guy goes, well, he's been 100% serious, this American. He goes, well, they do breakfast. They do lunch and they do dinner. And Vol goes, oh, sweet. So are you saying they serve food? And we're all just in hysterics. We're all like out of control laughing. I'm like, thanks for narrowing it down, mate. You idiot. Mac ah, ah. is like, they serve everything. They serve everything. Thanks for nothing. Ah. Like, we're all like, we're like rolling around in the back seat. This, and this American guy is like not having it. He's like hating the whole experience. We're like, what do they have to drink? Water? Ah, ah. Like, we're just going fucking nuts. This American guy, like, is fucking filthy, mate. He's absolutely filthy. And uh, we went to the diner. It was closed. He was like, uh, like, he was, he was loving it. So this American Uber driver was so off. He couldn't wait to get rid of us. We went to a Buffalo Wild Wings. Uh, and then we Ubered back at, like, 11. This was, like, the biggest failure of a night. We attempted to go to two casinos and a diner. And we're not able to gain access to any of them. The, we forgot our passports for the casino. The diner was closed. At this point, we've just been Ubering around Lake Charles, so blazed for like two and a half hours, just going nowhere fast. We eventually went to a Buffalo Wild Wings and then we Ubered back and this guy told us about these Delta 8 gummies. He's like, you've got to get these gummies. They'll blow your head off. And we go, oh, they're pretty good, are they? 
And he goes, yeah, dude, I was driving my daughter to school the other day and I was like, holy shit, I'm fucked up. <laughs> so we were like, oh, this guy, this guy's taking edibles while he's driving his daughter to, to school. That's not particularly chill. And this, uh, you know, this father of the year dropped us home at about midnight and that was our Lake Charles night off. So, you know, it, it felt like a yarn that didn't need to go through to the keeper. So I'm glad to just get that on the record and uh, put that out there for you. So anyway, let's crack into a few topics. Okay, I'd like to crack into some more red flags this week. Last week, I asked for some red flags just in general, because people only talk about dating red flags. And, you know, there's so many red flags just for people in general that don't get talked about. So I asked people to send them in. I got literally a million. So we'll probably continue to work through them over the coming weeks. Quick shout out to the Android community. I posted a clip, red flag people who use Android phones. And, uh, you know, the Android community are apparently up in arms about this. So as far as communities to piss off, I can't think of a more irrelevant one. So it's all play on. Anyway, a couple of red flags this week. These have been sent in. This is a big one. Red flag, people who never played team sport. If you never played team sport as a kid growing up, you probably missed some of the genuine building blocks required to turn into an adult that isn't a raging piece of shit. Okay, if you didn't play team sport, that means you probably did like fencing or sailing or some other rich commie stuff people do, you know? And it just like, if you never played team sport, you never learn to interact with other people in, in a way that's viable, you know? If you never played team sport, you never pretended to be happy for someone you're secretly jealous of, you know? Oh, great job, Cambo. You're the man. You're filthy. You're absolutely filthy. You want to be the superstar, not Cambo. But that's what humility is, brother, you know? That's what it's all about. Do you have any any idea how many times I congratulated blokes on their 100 at cricket when that same day I got a duck and I'm secretly absolutely fucking filthy they've done better than me? But it's not about you, mate. It's about the team, okay? Now, I'm not saying you need to turn into some sort of a psychopath who's able to genuinely feel happy for others, but I'm saying learning how to fake it is a skill you pick up in the team world. You know, if you never play team sport, you know, you never learn to get along with people you actually fucking hate. That's really the fucking name of the game in team sport. Cricket, soccer, 11 people, rugby union, 15, rugby league, 13 on the field. Are you telling me there's 12 of your best mates out there? Half these blokes I want to kill, Okay. <laughs> But you go along to get along. That's the team, the team sport, you know. If you've never played team sport, you've never learned to put the team before yourself. You know, sacrifice the interest of the individual for that of the greater good. I remember when I was uh, 17, I got invited to a very cool 18th birthday party. And I didn't used to get invited to that many of the coolest cool house parties. I would get invited to maybe the middle tier house parties. This one felt like a cool one, but it was on Friday night and the next day I was playing fourth grade cricket. And I think I'd just been promoted to fourth grade after previously being dropped. Or maybe I was playing third grade. I'd just been promoted to whatever grade I was playing the next day. And it felt like a big deal at the time. So I didn't go to the 18th, okay? Because I'm putting the team first, putting my own ambitions first. 
And I got a great night's sleep, maybe nine hours sleep, woke up, nailed more wheat bix than you've had hot breakfast, went out to bat and uh, was promptly bowled on the second ball of the day. And it's that sort of self-sacrifice that team sport demands, okay? And it's, it's a regret I have every single day. And uh, not a night goes, goes by where I don't wake up in the middle of the night and think, fuck, I should have gone to that house party. Could have easily kissed a local girl on the lips. But anyway, that's what team sport is all about. And finally, if you've never played team sport, I mean, you know, your eyes haven't been opened. You've never learned about the world through a twice-divorced older teammate, you know? You've never learned about relationships, sex, drugs, rock and roll from a 41-year-old bloke who's, who's been to hell and back three times over, you know, who's indulged in each of those things in his time. And, uh, you know, you could argue that each of them have at different times ravaged his life and potentially... Uh, you know, taking everything he has. So that's what team sport is all about. And if you haven't played it, it's a huge red flag. I don't know what to tell you. Next red flag, people who drink Milo with hot water. The thing with this is you're so close to doing Milo correctly that it's honestly disrespectful. It, there's only two ingredients in, in a, beautiful, a beautiful cup of Milo, and that's milk and Milo. For you to fuck up one of the two ingredients, it's arrogant, it's disrespectful, and it's a front to this nation's great history. It really is. And it's the thing because like, oh, I don't want to drink that much milk. I'm lactose intolerant. Firstly, lactose intolerance is communist propaganda. You show me a man who loves democracy and also can't handle lactose, and I'll show you a man that's not real because they don't exist, okay? Secondly... It's chocolate powder, Milo. So I don't want you coming in swinging your dick around saying milk isn't good for you. It's like, mate, no one said the Milo was good for you. This is a fucking treat. Okay, we're treating ourselves right now. A real Milo should have like four scoops of Milo. Should be like a borderline thick shack, you know? This thing should fucking give your arteries a workout. You know what I mean? This thing should slow you down. You should need a nap after a real Milo. Only eight-year-olds can have a Milo and then complete an activity. It should absolutely send you out for the count. You should have a Milo Friday afternoon, wake up Monday morning. You know what I mean? Hibernate. That's a Milo. And no almond milk or any of this bullshit as well. Okay? In these situations, whenever you're faced with something like this, uh, when engaging with a food or beverage that is intertwined with you know, the, the heart and soul of this nation... I ask myself one question and one question alone, and that is, what would Brett Lee do? And let me tell you, Brett Lee's not having his Milo with fucking water. I'll tell you that for free. You don't bowl 147 kilometers an hour consistently without at least two pints of full cream milk in your system. So another red flag there. Okay, next red flag. Red flag, people who have those stickers on their cars where it's like, hers not his stickers or his not hers you know you see a bloke driving around like a hatchback and he's got like a a hers not his sticker on the back being like oh not mine lads this is not my you know hyundai gets (laughs) or whatever and this is a red flag because it's 2022 if you're insinuating that driving a hatchback as a fully fledged man in 2022 implies that you are in some way shape or form a homosexual We've lost you. We've left you behind, mate. You know? I, I, whip, I whip around in a hatchback and I own these streets. 
So you tell me who's who and what's what and who's straight and who's not. Because let me tell you, if you're giving a flying fuck about what anyone else on the road thinks about you, I'm not saying about people in general. Of course, you know, of course you must care what most people think of you at all times. It's called being a modern human being. But if you care what fellow commuters think about you, you're in a world of trouble, mate. The only feelings you should have for other people driving on the roads is contempt, okay? Contempt and maybe some resentment for their very existence. If you're caring what they're thinking, no, absolutely not, dude. I'll pull up in my tiny Mazda Metro next to a Range Rover, just cranking Billie Eilish, dude. And I look, I turn right and I make eye contact and I turn the music up while I do it. And I'll fucking rev this little 40cc engine and I'll let them know that, hey, there's two sheriffs in this town, okay? You know, and it is a, it's a form of middle-class syndrome, you know, blokes being like, hey, it's not my car, you know me. Let's be honest, mate, if it wasn't this hatchback, it's not like you'd have a Lamborghini or a fucking, or a Pajero or a Range Rover. You'd probably just be driving a Toyota Corolla anyway. So who gives a fuck? You know what I mean? So I think that's a big red flag as well. The his, the hers, not his stickers. You may as well just get a sticker under that that says beta male driving. Please be careful. Please keep your distance. I have the reactions of a beta male. <laughs> anyway, they're the red flags for this week. All right. Up next, a couple of topics I'd like to crack into. Firstly, out the gate, ScoMo, Scott Morrison, former Prime Minister of this great nation. This man has just signed with a talent agency as a motivational speaker. Now, the main issue I have with this is that Scott Morrison has a manager and I do not. Okay? Now, I've watched a lot of comedians go past me in this industry, but I will say this. I'll put my fucking line in the sand you know, not budging, wet concrete, I'm going nowhere moment. I am more charismatic than Scott Morrison. Okay, and I'll take that to the grave. And yet this man has been signed by a talent agent and I am yet to. So what's doing, you know? He's a motivational speaker. Yeah, mot- motivational because there's no, there's no bigger underdog than a career politician, a Liberal Party career politician. That's who I want, inspiring inspiring the masses you know no one uh, knows how to connect with the majority like an elitist pig like this bloke all right i am pretty jealous here so this is sort of clouding my judgment but dude this is hilarious how do these pollies get these jobs obviously he's the former prime minister of australia so that's pretty cool you know as far as things to put on the resume it's right up there okay but you cannot tell me scott morrison is a charismatic man if, if you book Scott Morrison for like a 45-minute address, keep in mind, you're probably looking at, I imagine, $40,000 for him to do this. You cannot tell me that anyone's going to have their eyes open by the end of that thing, okay? And it says on his profile in this agency, it says he's available to do talks on faith and religion or um, the march towards the net zero emissions goal of the government and, uh, you know, clean energy which is hilarious. If you're booking him for one of those, you've got to pick religion. You know, if you want to get Scott Morrison, if you want the best out of ScoMo, get him on that Hillsong tip, dude. You know, he'll come out to some dubstep playing, 
There'll be like Islanders backup dancing. They're all fucking singing about Jesus. You know, that's the ScoMo you want turning up. You know, you don't want this bloke talking about the environment. He bloody hates it. Yes. Imagine, I wonder... <laughs> the, guy, the guy was not pro pro uh, net zero emissions in any way, shape or form during his tenure as the PM. But dude, imagine if like it says... It says you can have Scott Morrison covered talk about the march towards net zero emissions. But then he turns up and he's against it. <laughs> like he's like, yeah, dude, we need to we need to fuck this goal off. He rocks up <laughs> to your function to do a speech about the environmental clean energy, and you just see him in the foyer waiting there with his lump of coal. You're like, oh fuck. Hang on, are you for or against this scomo? <laughs> oh, that'd be so awesome, dude. Oh god. <laughs> Oh, my God. It's so funny that he's doing talks about the environment. He bloody hates it. I walked past him the other day. He was just yelling at a tree. <laughs> he was going, you stupid tree. You're crap, mate. You're crap. I'm going to chop you down. He was hassling this sapling. I'm telling you. <laughs> Dude, hassling a sapling. I don't know if you like this podcast, but there are times when I genuinely do. Um, anyway... <laughs> Oh, dude. But, uh, dude, Scotty hates the environment. Uh, if we're going to do talks about stuff we know nothing about, you should sign me up. I'm going to do talks on uh, economic recovery post-COVID and neoliberalism. They are the two topics you can, you can book me for, and I will do a 45-minute address on either or. Uh, for an extra fee, I can combine the two. The thing with these politicians is I've never understood how their whole life is spent talking, giving speeches on the biggest stages imaginable, and they still lack even the slightest bit of charisma whatsoever. I mean, it's quite baffling. Tony Abbott, he was the uh, the guy for my electorate. When he would give speeches, there were moments where it's like, check his pulse, you know? He'd be taking these pauses where you think, holy fuck, he's dead. <laughs> he's died mid-yarn. You know, and it's a way I'd love to go, truly. But my God, how do these pollies have such little charisma? But anyway, book ScoMo for an address and find out, you know. It's pretty exciting. But from one Australian legend to another, I'd just like to briefly talk about the fact that the King Rusty, Russell Crowe, is back in the game laying some pipe and we love to see it, okay? Russell Crowe has gone official with his new girlfriend, I was going to say I've lost her name, I never memorized it, okay, because this is all about one thing, and that's Rusty, uh, you know, being official in, a, in, a, in another couple, we haven't seen this in quite some time, uh, his missus is 31, Rusty is 58, I believe, maybe 59, 28 year gap, put that on your toast, the big man was peckish, and uh, you know, he didn't feel like anyone remotely related to him age-wise and who can blame him you know and the thing I love about this for Rusty is he's got this missus who's 28 years younger than him but he's also in the worst shape of his life and that's a flex you know some of these guys like Brad Pitt like Brad Pitt if he comes out and gets you know a, a 25 year old girlfriend which I would love that for Brad here's the thing it's like yeah that's sick Brad 
I respect you and I love what you're doing. But at the same time, look at you. You're unbelievable. You're in great shape. You're a 10. And it's all happening. In fact, I'm just as I'm saying this, I think Brad Pitt's got some, like, some abuse allegations or something. I don't know what's happening with that. But Brad Pitt's still an absolute 10. And, uh, you know, it's almost like, yeah, we get it. What I love about Leo and, uh, and Ru- Rusty is that they get these birds, but they do so in pretty obviously the worst shape of their life. And that's a flex, you know? For Le- Leo just gets fatter and fatter and the women get younger and hotter. And it's his way of just going like, yeah, dude, I'm in neutral and I'm pulling this shit. Okay? Can you imagine if Leonardo DiCaprio got in shape? Not in like Matthew McConaughey shape, not Zac Efron shape, but just not fat. What if Leonardo DiCaprio was just not fat? He was just like normal, like built like a Ken doll, you know, just flat chested, flat stomached. I mean, it'd be absolute carnage on the streets. And Rusty's done exactly that. Rusty looks like shit. I'll be candid. He look, his, his beard's grey. He's put on about 100 kegs. And he's walking in with his 31-year-old number, just letting you boys know that, hey, this is me in neutral. Okay? Don't make me get into second. This isn't a girlfriend. This is a warning. Okay? Don't test me. So, good on Rusty. Good on Rusty. Great to see him back in the game. And great to see him uh, in love. You know, everyone deserves love, but who deserves it more than anyone else? Celebrities, okay? So fantastic news, Rusty. Congratulations. Now, up next, the project for this week. I'm going to bump up the project, and then I will talk about Pat Cummins being the new one-day cricket captain after that. Then we've got Rowan Arneal again. Then I'll see you next week. All right, so the project. Now, this week... Obviously, the project is the segment at the end of each podcast where we celebrate Australian talent killing it here and abroad. Now, the project this week does write itself to a certain extent. Obviously, Ned Brockman, the man, the myth, the legend, he's done, I mean, where to begin? Okay, well, I guess you just begin with what he did. 100 kilometers a day for like 43 days, almost 4,000 kilometers ran, $1.3 million raised for the homeless, a fantastic cause, and I don't even really understand how this is possible. You know what I mean? Like, I get it. I get running 100 kilometers for charity. I get maybe doing it twice. I don't really understand how this is physically possible to do 100 Ks a day for 40 days. What even is that? Like, what is that? Do you just get to a point where your body goes into autopilot and you're just like, you know, you're just listening to Get Around Me, having the best time ever? You know, someone should have shot uh, old Ned a a link on day two saying, mate, if you're looking to kill a few hours here, there's this bloke Billy Darcy and he's got a few things to say, you know? Imagine he gets to the finish line and he's just like, he's like, the first thing I'm going to do is go and see Billy Darcy do live stand-up comedy. I mean, that was a great, that would be a great boost for my career if Ned was to use that platform of charity, inspiration, uh, to prop up my lowly career. That would be unreal. But uh, bants aside, I just don't understand how he did it. Like, I just can't even wrap my head around it. You know, like, day 12, he fucked up his ankle as well. He couldn't even run. He had to take, he still did 100Ks the next day, but it just took him longer. It took him, like, 10 and a half hours instead of nine. With a fucked ankle, he still did 100Ks. 
And then, and then the next 28 days did 100 more every single day. Like the more you talk about it, the more fucked it gets. The more you explain what he actually did. There's already early hype on Australian of the Year. Cue the book deal. I'm in for all of it. I'm in for all of it. Can you imagine playing soccer with this guy? What would him playing like Division 2 soccer look like? Would he just be like non-stop? Would you just say, all right, you guys are going to play midfield. You guys are going to play striker. You boys are in the backs. Ned, you're just going to follow the ball like a golden retriever for 90 minutes straight. Like, would he just run non-stop? Would he just be sprinting up and down the field like just re- relentlessly? I don't understand. I, do, I can't even, yeah, I'm lost for words, okay? So, outstanding. Outstanding. Congratulations to Ned. I'm sure you can still donate uh, to the cause. I don't know if the link's still open. But yeah, cue the book deal. I'll fucking, if, if, if I'm walking through a fucking domestic airport and the Ned Brockman book comes out, yeah, dude, here's my $31 and I'm paying cash, okay? What a fucking legend. Congratulations, Ned Brockman. Next up, uh, this achievement uh, pales in comparison. I'd like to come out the gates hard and early that this next thing is insignificant compared to what Ned did. But the Australian men's netball team is currently one all with New Zealand in a historic series for the sport of men's netball. And I think I speak for men everywhere when I say about time. Okay, you know, too often it's been women on the bus ads for netball. Come and see the Diamonds play. You know, it's never come and see whatever the men's team is called play. You know, the Coles. <laughs> the men's team is called the Coles and the women's are the Diamonds. <laughs> you know, you, you log on to fucking KO to watch a bit of Fox Sports News. There's that hot chick playing the netball as the JPEG. You never see any of the lads. For too long, the men's game of netball has been downtrodden. And it's great to see the boys on the, uh, on the map. They're doing the curtain raiser for the Diamonds versus New Zealand women's. And it's one all in the Trans-Tasman Clash. Uh, it's historic. I'm to- I-, I read that men's netball isn't even like regulated by world netball. So they can't even like wear the coat of arms on their jerseys. I'm not sure. If- I haven't seen the footage. I'm not sure if the lads are wearing jerseys or, or skirts or how it works. But it's very interesting. And... Uh, yeah, we're one all. Men's netball has arrived. It's our turn. Ladies, step aside. You know, don't tread on us, etc. And uh, all I can say is it's about time. And I hope women, I hope women netball fans enjoy the first three to four years of men's netball uh, mocking us behind closed doors. <laughs> you know, enjoy it, ladies. Enjoy it. You know, women's sport has arrived now. But I've got to say, if you heard some some men talking about women's sport in the early to mid-2000s, those would have been some of the more unsavory conversations uh, you'd have heard. But now, hey, women have arrived, and what goes around comes around. Men's netball is finally on the, on the map. And to all the women out there, I say enjoy laughing at us and, and the level of the men's game until we inevitably catch up. So you've got a window, ladies. Enjoy it. And uh, go the... Australian men's netball team, whatever they may be called, okay? And that's pretty good. You know, I've just spoken about men's netball for upwards of four minutes and did not make a single gay joke. So, you know, the thing about the skirt was neither here nor there. 
that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I think it's a testament to the progress these young men are making. <laughs> anyway, last thing. So Pat Cummins has been named the Australian one-day international captain. What a boring, predictable choice. Here's why. Here's my thing with Pat Cummins. Here's the thing. I love Pat Cummins. I'm not a fucking idiot, okay? You know, I do I do understand that he's the best bowler on the planet, probably the best bloke on the planet, probably the best-looking bloke on the planet, you know? The other day I was walking along and I was on Facebook. A Pat Cummins interview came up. I got caught staring into his eyes. Almost walked into six lanes of traffic, dude, okay? The guy's unbelievable. I'm not anti-Pat Cummins in any way, shape, or form. My issue with this is that it doesn't really feel like they're picking Pat Cummins to be the test captain and now the one-day captain because he's the right choice. It just feels like he's not the wrong choice. You know, he's the safe option. He's the poster boy, you know? It seems like at this point his farts would smell like passion fruit or some shit. He's just the company man poster boy. And it seems like they're really just scared. The Cricket Australia administration is quite a cowardly bunch. These suits, I mean, they said they were going to rewrite the CA code of conduct to overturn David Warner's leadership ban. And then after all that, they just didn't do it and gave it to Pat Cummins anyway. And it's like, here's the thing. What, say what you will about Pat, David Warner. Okay. David Warner is blatantly, he's got, a, he's got some grubbiness in him, okay? I've never been a huge fan of the man, but I'll tell you what David Warner is, fucking keen and excited to captain the one-day team, and I think that matters. And also, we've got to start looking to the future a little bit. Pat Cummins, before um, any of this came out, said he wasn't particularly keen on doing the one-day captaincy, but he'll do it if the board asks that of him. Obviously, he will, company man. Then he gets appointed one-day captain. He said, yeah, he's pretty keen, but also he probably won't play a lot of the games anyway. So, sick. That's awesome. What a complete waste of time that's been. We are clearly in a transition period. Marnus Labashain is the future captain of the test team. Okay? It used to be you get the one-day team first. I think Marnus's scores in the one-day team have been more than good enough to justify picking him going forward. He looks great at number three and could even open the batting in the one-dayers. Here's what I do. And I don't think it's that hard. This sandpaper thing is just out of control. And the camera's just ended. But here's the deal. The sandpaper thing, I can't believe we're still talking about it. This is so obvious. Steve Smith captains the test team, minus vice-captain. Dave Warner captains the one-day team, minus vice-captain. The games that Dave Warner doesn't play for the one-dayers, minus captains uh, with either Alex Carey or Pat Cummins as vice-captain, play on, okay? Play the fuck on. Have Pat Cummins as vice-captain in any team he plays in. Let's be honest, vice-captain is kind of a stupid role anyway, okay? Pat Cummins is an opening bowler and isn't going to play most of the one-dayers anyway. Why you would pick him is beyond me. Okay, if Pat Cummins is at fine leg opening the bowling, he has to think about his bowling and the game. Steve Smith and Marnus Labuschagne are at first and second slip. All they have to think about is the game. It's pretty fucking obvious to me. Anyway, that's what I think. But, you know, we've got another summer of Pat Cummins being captain with those beautiful pearly whites on posters. 
I just think it's obvious. Steve Smith should just bloody captain the test team. Dave Warner's ravenous captain the one-day team. He's taken his licks, given the job, play on, job done. Have Pat Cummins be vice-captain for both, whatever, okay? It's just not that hard. I just don't understand what they're doing sometimes. But I will say I'm ravenous for the summer of cricket ahead. I wasn't particularly keen on the T20 World Cup, but Namibia knocking over Sri Lanka and Scotland winning has really G'd me up. So I, I just need one minnow to make like a semi-final. Just give me Namibia in a semi-final against England. You know, that, that gets me out of bed. So we'll see how the tournament goes. Australia has looked woeful in the warm-ups, but at the same time, they're just warm-ups. Who gives a fuck, okay? So go the Aussies, go the, go the cricket, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Dude, Pat Cummins is so hot, I wouldn't be surprised if like Commonwealth Bank appoint a new CEO and they just give him that as well, you know? That's where it's getting to as far as leadership positions with this man. People just get lost in his eyes and panic and give him the bag. And to be honest, I can't blame them. So anyway, that is the podcast for this week. Rowan Arneal is joining us up next, and it's an absolute banger, to be honest. That's my thoughts, my feelings, my opinions. Other than that, I will see you next week. Thanks for listening. Way too long, way too long. Yeah, and I can see the ground now. Way too gone, way too gone. All right, legends, welcome back to yet another episode of Get Around Me featuring Rowan Arneal, the man himself. Great to see him. How you going, Rowan? Yeah, I'm well. I'm in holiday mode. I'm good. Mate, I got to say, lucky to have you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, snuck me in. Snuck you in, mate. Appreciate it. You're just about to... Where are you headed? Uh, Mystery Bay, Naruma, South Coast. South Coast? South, South New South Wales Coast, mate. Is that is that something with the missus? Is this a lads trip? Yeah, yeah. Paint me a vibe picture. All right, five days with the lady, and then two days up at my mate's house. And so just you and the missus, five days. Five days camping. Is this five days just camping? Just you and the missus. I was I was born in the darkness, bro. I, I can camp for so long. I no. went on a three month camping trip when I was in year nine. Three months with my family. My dad got his long service leave, and I just camped. For three months with my family, it was the, it was horrible. The Darcys, we we had something similar. We did a month once, and I thought that was too much. <laughs> three months, bro. My iPod broke on the first day. Oh, <laughs> Dude, I'm just jerking off in national park toilets. It's disgusting. Oh my god, Jeez, I was like fucking ten when we went. So oh, much better. But I remember it was fun because. We had the first week, we would go with these other families. We had like the first week, it was like, way, this is mm. sick. And then all the other families came. Two weeks are the best times ever. And then everyone was leaving. Everyone had been there for like two and a half weeks. We'd been there for three. And then everyone leaves. And then the fourth week, like the school holidays were over. The whole place was dead. It was like, <laughs> point, it was like Point Plumber outside of Crescent Head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been there a lot. Yeah. It's a great spot. I love yeah, Point yeah. Plumber. We used to go every year. But then, like, it was, like, just us and, like, the silver nomads. Mm, yeah, and even yeah. I was, like, I think we should go home. Yeah, yeah. We have a house. Yeah, it was, let's, like, let's bail. We've, we've done every experience there is to do. Yeah. At the time, I was, like, why are we doing this? But now that I've worked for, like, full time for a little bit, I just understand my dad just being, like, we're not going home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just be, like, fuck 
this. I'm going to go for a surf, read a book for six hours. You guys can entertain yourselves. Yeah. <laughs> but so, what is? were you in the same spot the whole three months? Or? Nah, nah. We were, we were traveling about. Yeah. that's Dude, that's sick though. Packing and unpacking. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Oh, dude. How many times did you set up the tent? Bro, I don't know. Like every three days for three months. Every then- three days. Oh, we moved, mate. We got on the road. Oh my god, what were you guys doing? You're on the fucking run, dude. Yeah, I don't. I've. I guess for them, for if you're like in love and you have kids, I can imagine it'd be fun. But if you just are in year nine and you want to hang out with your mates, you're probably a bit too old for that trip. For sure. That's like a trip you do with like nine year olds. Oh, absolutely. Well, yeah, my little sister was dude. she's seven years younger. Oh, okay. So, she was enjoying it. She was playing with sticks and fucking around. Yeah. And, and then me and my older sister just being like, going to the campground, like, wife, like, computer thing to find out your year nine girlfriend's broken up with you on MSN Messenger. Sick. <laughs> great, perfect. Great message to receive in at Seal Rocks. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, perfect. I'm just going to go dwell on this with my family. Yeah, yeah, sweet. So, no distractions, no friends available. Excellent. Mm. I'll just walk up to the headland and have a real good think about how this has affected me. <laughs> oh, cool. Zoe's MSN bio has changed to another boy's name. That makes sense. Oh, Jesus. I told you everyone would forget about me, Mum. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> what does it even feel like when you're like two and a half months into camping? Do you like forget who you are? Because you're just out there, dude. Yeah. I don't know. You just kind of... You just kind of trying to get home for the most part you're just like when are we going home (laughs) yeah when are we getting to the part where we need to drive for seven days home yeah where did you go up or down we went to western australia and back nullable you went to western australia and back so you went down the bottom of australia yes dude okay when we we camped for a month in crescent head i can't believe i thought we had a similar experience (laughs) this this is crazy (laughs) this is so much crazier (laughs) <laughs> yeah, long what service a trip. Leave. What a fucking trip. I've actually come around on this. I think you might actually be a selfish piece of shit. You should have been lapping this up. You've seen so much of the country. Also, yeah, of course. Year nine kids are selfish pieces of shit. Oh, that's true. I'm, I'm Yeah, I'm sure. I'm grateful for it now. I can camp for ages now. Yeah. I got, a, think- I got a Bluetooth speaker now and a girlfriend. Yeah, And dude. drugs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all, all the creature comforts. Some people have a generator, but... No, nah, Rowan doesn't need any of that. Do you think uh do you think this is like a make and break trip for you and the missus? Is this your first holiday? Um I don't I'm not gonna describe it as a make and break trip. <laughs> to be honest, dude, I think this is ballsy from you. I think this is very ballsy. I don't think it's make and break at all. Mate, for, mate, honestly, first holiday with the missus and you've gone camping. And so, and just you and her. Oh, I'm so good at camping. I'm gonna chill. Oh, I'm just saying, dude. I'm, well, it's actually an easier holiday because you can really just start drinking beers at about midday. Yeah, but, you know, what if it rains or something? You know, tent floods. I'm a stoic, Billy. You know that. Oh, I'm sleeping. In, I went and got Eddie's van. So, I got a van with like a fridge pullout and shit like that. Uh, so, it's luxury camping. That's pretty. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Borderline glamping? Not borderline glamping, but yeah. There or thereabouts. If it rains, you're in the van. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What is the line between camping and glamping? I think money mainly. Yeah, but like it, like you have a fridge. Is that glamping? 
What what what's the thing where you go fuck this guy's glamping? If you have your own toilet, that's fucking. Glamping. Oh, that's glamping. That's for glamping. Sure. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's like past glamping. If if the setup takes like two hours to set up, glamping. I think. Dude, have you seen these things where people are like, oh my god, like yeah, we went glamping in the rainforest, and it's like just a full blown cabin, but the roof is like just a tarp. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. like this is a this is a house. Yeah, yeah, a, yeah. A family of four could set up a life here. Yeah, yeah. This isn't glamping. 150 years ago, you would have been the richest guy in the area. Yeah, dude, 100%. I swear to God, like when we used to go camping, glamping was like if some cunt had like a generator. It was like, well, well, well. We got some old Queensland money just rolled into yeah, the park here. The foxtail dish and a generator. Oh, That's yeah. That's glamping. 100%. I fucking hate generators. I hate getting somewhere and then you're like, oh, this is going to be nice and quiet. And then there's just a guy that just brought his generator because he needs to watch the cricket so loud. Yeah, yeah. Dude. Oh, yeah. Some people are camping but have access to a television. Yeah. Dude. Knock it off. Absolutely (laughs) knock it off. off. Dude, you should be listening to fucking AM radio like the rest of us. Yeah. Just sitting on a headland, listening to a bit of AM radio. Getting fucking in tune with nature, but more intolerant of people. <laughs> <laughs> Eating all your snacks on the first night and then oh, regretting it for the next week. <laughs> dude, the snacks. Yeah, we used to run through the snacks. But, uh, dude, um, I don't want to talk about camping or fucking episode, to be honest. <laughs> I was waiting for that to move on, but it never did. <laughs> Both of us probably wanted it to end. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I can't see myself editing it out, but, <laughs> but at the same time, yeah, it was pretty average podcasting. Uh, <laughs> the cream off the crop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, well, we had a we had a cranking episode last week, so this could be second episode syndrome. Yeah, true, true. We, and it's it's too early in the day as well. It's, it's midday. It's way too early. We're a PM podcast. I've always said it. But uh, mate, there's actually something I did want to talk to you about. Fucking disastrous. Okay, I'm on my walk yesterday and I get a text. And I, you know me, I said it last week. I love my lunchtime. Yeah, walk. you love the one. Fucking love it. And uh, anyway, I get a text from Macca and it's an image. You know, when you get um, yeah, Macca yeah. sent an image. And me and Macca very rarely communicate outside of group chats. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing that I need to say to him <laughs> that I can't say in front of all the lads. Yeah, yeah. Whether yeah. that be an attack on his character, his physical appearance. Or his sexual performance. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's very rare for me to mac at a text individually. I get a text from him. He sent an image. Bam. I open it. I go, fuck. This is, this is not good. A woman Macca has previously slept with is on the next season of Love Island. Ooh. But the arrogance of this man right now, it's unbelievable. Really? He's she's, into that? She's very attractive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but also, dude, like, the smugness of this bloke. <laughs> and the other thing is, Macca fucking... He, he, he told me, he goes, Bill, when I found out, I couldn't text you quick enough. <laughs> and then, once the individual text comes in, then it's in three other group chats. I'm like, fucking hell. It's all fun and games for everyone else. I have to live with this arrogant piece of shit. <laughs> And Macca loves Love Island as well. He'll watch. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. So, like, this is like a perfect storm for Macca. Mm. Mate, this guy, he, he, the, the widest grin I've ever seen on a man when I saw him when I got home. Yeah, you just need to watch every episode with him and every time she says anything, be like, see, she's a genius, Macca. Yeah. Isn't she the smartest lady alive? Well, dude, do you know what it is? It's like, uh, it's like when a UFC fighter knocks someone out and then that person goes on to have, like, a great career. Mm. Like, they go on to, like, you know, beat McGregor or something. That win ages so well. 
Mm. That's like Macca has previously slept with this woman. Great, great times, great classic hits. But now she's gone on to Love Island. If she wins this thing, all of a sudden she's got 400K on the gram. Dude. Bit of clout. Dude, the clout on this on this route is fucking... I mean, what's the ceiling on the clout? Because this could mm. get out of control. What if she becomes like the next Abby Chatfield? Fucking welcome to the podcast. We're talking about whatever Abby, Abby Chatfield talks about, dude. He should get a little less ego kick out of this, to be honest. Dude, the ego kick has been insane. Yeah, I slept with someone once that went on to become a model. And really? Yeah. How old were you? I don't know, like four years ago or some shit. What do you mean? So she was like, how old was she? I don't know. But she wasn't She wasn't that young, but then got scoped out. Oh, she got scoped? Yeah, she got scoped. Because usually- Because she had a glow up. She glowed up in t- and- Pre- Previous to my encounter with her. Oh. Because usually you would say, if you're not a model at 22, it's probably not going to happen yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah. I remember it was a tough pill for me to swallow. <laughs> Dude, I was at the stain once and I was with my mate- Tom Ho and show and a woman came up and gave Tom Ho and show a card on either side of me and said I work for a modeling agency if you guys ever want work and I'm just in the middle fat and drunk being like all right you could have just given me one and yeah <laughs> and then just not answer not my, answer my email yeah. I wouldn't have done anything with it clearly look at me dude that's so funny um wait so this chick wait, so she's glowed up post being with you mm. and then become a model what sort of model I don't know her Instagram is incredibly annoying. I don't follow it. Um, oh, okay. See, but, that's great. See, but that's what I'm saying. What that's done for your legacy. It did feel nice. Right? It felt very nice. Because then also, mate, if you've, if you've had sex with a woman who has a blue tick, mm. there is part of it where as dumb as it is, and, and literally it is, it is illogical to think this way. Yeah. It's fucking cool. Yeah, it is cool. <laughs> and I hate when women are like that, but then it's like men are immediately like that as well. Yeah, everyone's like that. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's like that. So, fucking Mac has been skipping around town. It's been quite unbearable, actually. Yeah, bit of status to his name. Oh, a bit of status. Yeah. That's what it's all about, status. Yeah. Also, here's the thing. If you've got a, uh, a woman who's, let's say, let's say for the sake of the argument, a six out of 10. Mm. And I say, wow, look at this. I kissed this woman on the lips in 2017. Mm. Okay. If she has 450,000 followers and a big old blue tick, mm. there's just something about it. She, it just feels nice. She picked me. She picked me. She could have picked a lot of people. She could have picked anyone else. Mm. 400K, the circle she's fucking swinging mm. around in. She could have fucked Grant Denya. Mm. And she chose Billy Darcy. It is beautiful. It's beautiful. Mm. I don't know. Maybe. Do, do you have a blue tick, mate? No. No. Oh, I don't want to see the day you get a blue tick. I might I might not hang out with you for like, I don't know, I might give it three months or so, post the blue tick. Yeah, I'd say so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just uh, 10 bucket hats on walking around the house. <laughs> Dude, I don't know if my content will be that palatable coming from a guy with a blue tick. That's very true. You know, I'm yeah. just doing these podcast clips out of my bedroom. I think it's kind of renegade what I'm doing currently. <laughs> but with a blue tick, it's like... Oh, what's he doing? Yeah, why is, is he doing this? Why is he doing this? You know, why is he why is he flying off the handle about this stuff and saying all this weird <laughs> shit? <laughs> Dude, I put up a clip yesterday because uh, I did a thing on the podcast Red Flags last week, mm. and uh, dude, so many people sent in people with Android phones. So I did did a little thing about that, clipped it up, 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 put it on the various social medias. Etc. It's called being a stand-up comedian in 2022. Yeah. This is what it looks like. Um, 
And, mate, the amount of people... Like, I'm wearing a fucking bucket hat and a secondhand Christmas jumper that I bought for five quid in England, like, six years ago. And the amount of people who, like, all the comments are just like... <laughs> all the comments are just like, fuck you. <laughs> like, Android people... Like, it's like I'm, it's obviously just joking around on a pod. I, I don't know how I could make it more obvious. There's a fucking painting of Goku and Aang next to me. Anyway, mate, all the people like... Uh, red, the real red flag is uh, being a sheep who just follows Apple's marketing. Like 1,000 likes on TikTok. Yeah, they get angry. Dude, who are these people? It's so funny when like a specific group of people get angry and it's like, none of us give a fuck about what you guys have to say. Yeah, no the one The Android cares. community. Mm. Jesus Christ. Dude, if, you, if there was a Venn diagram of the Android community and the incel community, that's one circle, brother. <laughs> really? They're just nerds. They're just angry nerds, Billy. They're angry nerds. Mm. I like my user-friendly, absolutely beautiful refurbished iPhone. Perfect, mate. Perfect. What, a- what are you rocking? Is that a 10? Yeah, I think it's a refurbished X. Yeah, I've got the X. 250 bucks, mate. Really? Yeah. What are we up to now? Are we up to the 14? I have no idea. I like to stay about nine years behind. Yeah, me too. I don't like being at the forefront of technology. Oh, no, no. For no. me, I don't want to be the one to walk through these hoops. Well, I'm sure if either of us got a little bit of money, we'd be like, oh, yeah, sure. I'll get the new one. Okay. Firstly, I resent that because <laughs> when I got the iPhone X, we were at the fucking- Oh, true, We were true. at the X. Like, mm. that was the best one you could get. So I was at the forefront and then legitimately, I think I got the X, legitimately three weeks later, the 11 came out. <laughs> and I was like, okay, whatever. Back to back to business, you know, see you in six years. But my uh, phone contract's up, but then I'm like, oh, I should get a new phone. I should get the fucking iPhone 14. But like, there's nothing wrong with this. Yeah, yeah, Still yeah. works great. So I'm like, whatever, who gives a fuck? I'm an Audi mobile man. Do you know that Aldi sell, sold phone plans? Dude, are you... Are you are you on a prepaid sim right now? I'm not a prepaid. It's $25 a month. Okay. What does $25 a month get you? 20 gigs and unlimited talk and text. Okay. Unlimited talk and text? Doesn't matter, obviously. Is it 2007? Yeah, why obviously, Why obviously. are you bragging to me about unlimited talk and text? <laughs> well, it's just I have it. It's in my back pocket if well, I need. You also got HD TV <laughs> as well, brother. Hey? If I need to call you for seven hours, I can do that, mate. Unlimited talk and text. Mate, it's all about the gigs. 18 gigs. Eight, oh, it's already down to 18. It'll be 12 by the end of this podcast. <laughs> I support Aldi. I shop there. I use their phone plan. They're very nice to me. Yeah. Mate, is Aldi... I remember when Aldi first came on the scene. It was like, dude, these Germans are wild. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it was like an enormous thing in my house. My dad would just come home and be like, we're going to try power grain. Nutri-grain's yeah. done. And they like didn't work out heaps of their shit for ages. It would just be like soft Nutri-grain. I remember before, like when I didn't really understand what Aldi was when I was mm. like nine or 10. It was when Aldi first came on the scene. And, and Aldi chocolate was doing the rounds. People mm. were like, this is crazy. Dude. Um, I remember one time I'm just nailing some wheat bix, just teaching this wheat bix a lesson, and I'm like, "This isn't fucking. This isn't very good." <laughs> and I like, and I'm like, I don't know. Next day, I'm back into my work, and I go, I, I go to check the milk. I go, "Mum, mum's fucking bought skim milk." I've already had a word with her about this. Like, I'm like nine <laughs> years old and furious. Like, and I go, and I go, it's normal milk. And then I look really closely. 
at the Wheat Bix box. Mm. It looks exactly the same as the Wheat Bix box, but it says Wheat Biscuits. Yeah, Wheat Biscuits. I grew up on Wheat Biscuits. Mate, they're trash. They are trash. And I will say there are some things like, you know, you wouldn't buy an MP3 player that wasn't an iPod. Mm. You wouldn't eat You wouldn't eat uh, sort of a, a fucking whole grain, you know, bar type cereal situation. It's got to be Wheat Bix. Mm. It's one of those things. But- Fuck around with a bit of Aldi Nutella, pretty good. Dude, Aldi Nutella, I got shitloads of time for. Yeah, yeah. Really, really good. If It's very sad. If my dad gets like blackout drunk, he'll just start going, they compared three different trolleys from Woolworths, Coles and Aldi, <laughs> and Aldi is $42 cheaper. And I'm like, I fucking know, bro. <laughs> I know it's a good shop. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> just being middle-aged and drunk talking about Aldi. What about that thing as well where Aldi, like, their, like, $7 gin was crowned the best gin on the planet? <laughs> Dude, I love that. Dude, I've got like six bottles of Aldi wine in that van right now. They've got like award-winning wines as well. Yeah, it's an award-winning wine. It was down to $5 today. It won so much stuff. Unbelievable, dude. So good. Sometimes consumer goods can be a meritocracy and it's beautiful. I mean, long live the Germans. That's what I say. (laughs) Dude, I remember as well, um, you know, when you're like 21 and stuff looking for casual jobs. I remember they were like, dude, it's like 37 an hour at Aldi. But you have to like, it's not like a casual job. Oh, bro. It's, it's there's psychological screening involved. Yeah, it's full on, dude. <laughs> yeah. You have to add up the change in your head. Mm. Yeah. And also like, I'm pretty sure you have to like, you know, get branded with the fucking Aldi symbol on your back. Like they take it for real. Oh, you are. It's not the sort of job you just float in and float out of. Yeah. You got to be fuck. You got to be about that life. I was always um about the Bunnings job and the Aldi job and both of them. They have like a four interview step. My friend quit st- smoking weed because he thought he was going to get drug tested to get the Aldi job. Yeah, <laughs> dude, like, they're full on. <laughs> the Germans are going to come after me, bro. Dude, I remember, um, yeah, I, I interviewed at Bunnings and got a job at Bunnings. But then I think I had a, it clashed with like a cricket game and I was like, I don't want to work at Bunnings. Um, they were like, you have to work Saturdays. And I was like, I play cricket on Saturdays. And then they were like, oh, well, what can you do about that? And I said, nothing. And they said, thanks for coming. I um, once didn't get a Hungry Jack's job because they were like, when's your availabilities? And I was like, I was like 16. I was like, well, I got water polo on Friday nights. Never played water polo in my life. Yeah. Saturday nights, I've got rugby and then I've got basketball. Oh, yeah. And Thursday nights, I normally do something with the fan. And they're like, all right, man, you're not getting this job. Yeah, dude, 100%. <laughs> but it's like... I'm a, dude, I remember the Bunnings interview process was one of the most embarrassing things I've ever been through because, and I, I was just talking to um, a comedian the other night and she was saying she's working at Bunnings and it, it cranks because mm. I, I would need a summer job. I was like, oh, maybe I'll work at Bunnings. But I think honestly at 27, I couldn't go through the interview process again. Mm, nah. It was one of those things where you broke up into groups and they gave you like arts and crafts and they're like, design a new hose nozzle and present it to the group. And you just, it's just you, a Brazilian guy, and like a 73 year old woman. <laughs> and you got all these fucking cardboard and shit. And it's just like, dude, keep the job. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's not worth the trauma mm. of going through this. Yeah. Any sort of group interview process I've aged out of for oh, sure. Oh, dude. I've got to be hooked up. I've got to be hooked up oh, with a job. I can only, only be- hook up. I, I haven't got a job on merit since 2014. Oh. Possibly not I, ever. I wouldn't even know what that looks like. Mm. I have. It, I haven't gone into an interview without already knowing I've got the job in like five years. 
I, it's like if I've gotten a job on merit, I'm about to be fucked over hardcore. Oh yeah, like I'm. I, they're tricking me. A hundred percent. If I'm not tricking them, they're tricking me. A hundred percent. In fact, the last job, my last job, I did actually get on merit was that Woolies Warehouse job. <laughs> yeah, there we go. They're tricking you. Bang. It, it was unbearable. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, um, but what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there should be a thing where you're just like, you should be able to click a thing where you're like, look, this is my resume. I'll chat to you on the phone. I'll zoom it up. I'll come in one-on-one. Here's the deal. I'm not doing any form of group interview whatsoever. I think that I can skip the group interview and still, even without taking part in that process, I think it's still pretty obvious I'm much smarter than the other people you're interviewing. <laughs> so I'm going to take that that chance. I'm taking a punt on the fact that everyone in the group interview is most likely a fucking idiot. Yeah. And then I will be advancing to the next round. Mm. If it turns out they're all smarter than me, hey, wouldn't have got it anyway. Fair play. But I'm not group interviewing, dude. Mm. It's so embarrassing. That's why I worked hospitality for so long because I just hate the interview process. But you work up to, w- walk up to like a hospitality venue and they're understaffed and you're like, are you guys looking for work? And they're like, yeah, you look normal. Do you want to work now? And you're like, oh, sick. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you just literally pick up the glass in front of you and yeah. they're like, welcome to the yeah. stain. <laughs> welcome, mate. Walk around the back there. Yeah, clean all that shit. And you're like, all right, cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll give it's, you my details later. It's genuine unqualified work. Like oh, you, perfect. Anyone can do it. Um, oh, but dude, I wanted to talk to you about this. So I got pinged up by the coppers the other day. Oh. Brutal as well. Four that's hu- not fair. Dude, four hundo. Four hundo for yeah. a cute boy like you. I know. That is, fu- that's made me fucking angry, mate. That dude, is, also, that rolled me out. also, I fucking groveled as well to get it down. Oh, so I gro- I- I've groveled so hard, bro. Dude, sometimes, honestly, it's you and the cop and you just got to go, I'm just, I'm just going to fucking grovel. I grovel so hard. <laughs> I grovel so hard. Bro, my ex-girlfriend would literally do the opposite of groveling. What would I, she do? She, she'd like, they'd tell us to, we can't drink at this lake or whatever. And she'd go, oh, really? And start drinking. No, I, I, no, I would never grovel in a, in a man-to-man on foot situation. I'm saying groveling in the car. Oh, yeah, like when yeah. they're just, they've got the fine machine out yeah. and they're just fucking just, printing. Sorry, mate. I've just been driving trucks all day and I, I didn't realize the accelerator on this and then it's hot and it's my dad's car. I've just come back from America. I just start like, yeah. I just start throwing shit down and you just got to try and remind them as much as their son as you can. Yes. And just, I'm fucking sorry, man. I always fuck shit up. It's honestly, it's probably what I'm best at is placating someone that I've completely wronged. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> So I'll tell you what happened. So I was coming back from a gig, obviously, Australia's Greatest Road Dog. And uh, I was in the city, bup, bup, bup. I had two beers at the gig. Where was the gig? It was Rat Club in Newtown. Hilarious. You paid $400 to do Rat Club. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think of it like that. Yeah. <laughs> Did you crush Bill? I think, I, I, think I went okay. <laughs> 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 Cha-ching, mate. Yeah. Dude, one time I did an unpaid seven at Cafe Lounge and came out and had a $280 parking <laughs> fine. Oh, you get stung. I walked out of a couple of gigs in Surrey Hills being like, oh, that went okay. I guess that was like kind of worth it. And then just being like, oh, I parked near a fire hydrant hose. Oh, 400. Fuck. <laughs> it's brutal, dude. It's brutal. But uh, anyway, so I'm coming around. I'm coming around the corner. Big left turn. There's an RBT. Okay. Before the RBT, maybe 50 minutes before the RBT, there's a right-hand turn. Mm. Now, I've had two beers in probably like 
I don't know, like an hour. Mm. Full strength. So I'm like, uh, I don't want to deal with this RBT. Mm. I'm probably under, but also, why roll the dice on a situation that doesn't mm. need to have the dice rolled? I whip a right, catch you later. You know, you've been done. You'll always remember this as the day you almost <laughs> caught Captain Billy Darcy. The day you almost put a breathalyzer up to him. He's a six foot three man. He was under. Yeah. He was clearly under. Uh, yeah. Well, anyway, so it turns out the whole thing was a trap. Obviously. Yeah. There was a no right turn sign there. I didn't see it. Oh. But it was fucking dark. Yeah. Sign's not lit up. I didn't see it. So fucking five minutes later, whoop, they've chased me down. Pull over and... Immediately, I'm thinking, this is just for me skipping out on the RBT. Yeah. You know? They, they couldn't handle that I cracked the code. Yeah. And that this is a toys out of the cot moment for the fucking <laughs> yeah. office. And uh, he goes, did you see the no right turn? And I honestly go, mate, I, I'm, I'm sorry I didn't. And then uh, he's like, well, yeah, that's real bad. And then whatever. Breath flies me, I'm under. And then he's like, he's like, are you still at this address? And I'm like, oh, I just recently moved actually. And he's like, you know, if you don't change the address on your license within 14 days, it's a, it's an offense. I go, oh, sorry, man. I literally just moved two weeks ago. I'm, I'm sorry. I just forgot. I'll, mm. I'll do it as soon as I get home. And he goes, okay, mate. Yeah, you can do it on the app, but uh, yeah, mate. And he made, do you know what he did? He goes, read the back of your license to me. And it says, if you don't change oh your address. My God. So it's like this power thing where oh, he's like, yeah. and also I don't want to speak out of school. This guy, let me paint a picture. He's about, he's about 30, 35. Five, seven. Five six, yeah, shortish, um, maybe a half Lebanese background type situation, not relevant. But the guy, he was, <laughs> he was being a bit of a cunt, and also he was dragging it out like it was like, all right, I didn't see the no right turn. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, mate, that's not a crime. That's a mistake. Mm. Okay, it's not malicious. Mm. Anyway, so he goes, mate, you got to change your license. Rah rah. rah. Read me the right act. He goes, I'm gonna have to do you for the no right turn. I go, how much is it? He goes, 280 bucks. And I go, fuck. I, I, this is where the groveling comes in. Yeah, yeah. I go, look, mate, I'll be honest. This is going to absolutely kill me. <laughs> yeah, I've done that. I go, is there any chance you can downgrade this? Because like, I'm just, I'm financially strapped at the moment. And he goes, I can't downgrade it. And I go, fuck. All right. Well, thanks for coming. Thanks for nothing. Anyway, uh, the fine goes to mum and dad's. Mum goes, you got two things in the mail. I go, two? How's this? 280 bucks for the no right turn, 120 for not changing my address. <laughs> he did me on the fucking admin. Bro, in a man in a Mazda Metro. Dude, look at my car. The car. The shittest car. A grey panel on it. Oh my God. Can that you is, believe that? That is criminal. Find for poor personal administration. Yeah. So I didn't see a no right turn. All right, fine. 280 sheets. I didn't mean to do it. Clearly, that's why you set the RBT up there. Bit of entrapment, hey? Absolute revenue-raising pieces of shit. But whatever, okay? That's on the table. Mm. The 280 is on the table. The 120 for for a clerical error. 120 sheets for a fucking clerical error on my part. Bro, bureaucratic fucking bullshit. Dude. It's like, just send it to another house. I don't give a shit, bro. It's all digitized. Suck me off. Literally. And and you know what he said? He's, he goes, you can just change it on the app right now. He goes, just do it when you get home. And he didn't say he was going to find me for that in the car. Oh, 
He, what a coward. What a, what a fucking cowardly coward. man, mate. That's the thing about cops. My mate's a criminal lawyer. All he says for about charges, he goes, mate, it's just another star on the pizza party chart for them. Mate. Everything is just another star working towards the pizza party chart. Mate. 120 bucks for Billy Darcy. Another star on the pizza party chart. Mate, I will say, I don't like being like, fuck all cops. Cause yeah, like, yeah. Oh, but fuck that cop. Fuck that cop. Mm. You know what I mean? And, uh... And also highway patrol, there is times when it's like, mate, these cunts are looking for it. Mm. They're hunting for something. <laughs> you know what I mean? They are on the hunt. For They're sure. on the hunt. They've got quotas. <laughs> and uh, like I said, I'm not anti-cop in any way, but I will say, mate, so how is this? So then this week, I'm coming back from Clavelli and I'll, I'll put my hand up. I'm, I'm not like speeding, but I'm fucking mm. driving with a bit of purpose. And uh, anyway, I fly around the corner, same RBT. They've set it up again. I've been mm. driving this way for a year. I've never seen mm. one. Two in like three weeks. Anyway, same RBT. Obviously, I don't take the right turn this time. Yeah, I still yeah. can't see it. But like, I swear to God, this thing's in the dark. But it, it's just like, I know not to take it. I go, all right, dude, this time I'd had a third beer. But it was like over like two and a half hours. But I've still had three beers. Mm. I'm like, I'm like, fucking hell, here we go. But I'm like, nah, it's been two and a half hours. Should mm. be sweet. But I reckon even if I get done, I'll probably blow under at the station. But um, anyway, so I pull over into the RBT. Guy's a legend. He goes, hey, where you been tonight, mate? Any beers? I go, just been at a comedy gig. I uh, had one beer. He goes, when was that? I go, maybe an hour and a half. He goes, yeah, yeah easy, mate. Do the breathalyzer. I blow under. Guy's all good. He goes, geez, you're flying ra- you flew around that corner though, mate. Take it easy there. I said, oh, mate, had a bit of Billie Eilish cranking. Having a bit of a moment. We're having a laugh. <laughs> We're having a bloody laugh. Anyway, I hear from behind me, like behind the car, you didn't take the no right turn this time, though, did you, mate? Oh, the it, goal. It's that cunt. No shit. Dude, this was fucking wild. So he goes, and I go, oh, yeah, no, no I, I know better now, officer, you know, learn from your mistakes. Ha ha. He's like, ha, oh, got you last time, mate, but good to see you've learned from it. He's laughing. Oh, my God. He's, That's on site, bro. You should dude, have got out of the car and assaulted a police officer. <laughs> dude, it's one of those things where I was like smiling, being like, ha, ha all right, have a good one, lads. I pull out and I'm just literally like, Looking in the mirror, like my eyes are as wide as they can go. I'm like, I'm like, I want to snap that cunt in half. What? Four hundred sheets, and then has the gall to have a laugh. Are we best mates now? But yeah. Sorry, what are you doing this weekend? Did you want to hang out at Wharfie or mm. like the laughter oh. just went through me like a fucking lightning bolt of lack of losing my dignity. I was like, God, this piece of shit. He doesn't give a fuck, bro. He doesn't get. That's the annoying thing about cops. Is like, I'm sorry, mate. I didn't actually get the cushiest job in the world at 18. <laughs> yeah. I haven't been working from the government since I was 18. Yeah, I haven't been my- on 95K <laughs> since I was 20. Yeah, my pay hasn't been moving up incrementally. If anything, it's getting worse and worse as I get older and my expenses go up. Why don't you suck me off? Bro, I, I avoided an RBT at the spit the other day after hosting. Have you ever done this at the Maccas at Cremorne? You, th- you see the... R- well, I check ways so you can see the RBT on the app. Yeah, see... Well, here's the thing. Like, I'm never drink driving home, but also like, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I never use ways because I know the yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I do too. But I'd had like four hours, three wines, one beer. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, I'll check. Wait. So um, do they ever set up on Military Road? Yeah, on Spit. Like where past just, the Maccas? Just right before the Spit Bridge. Oh, yeah, down the bottom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. they always set up there. So, yeah. I check ways. And that's a, that's a funnel as well. Yeah, yeah, a funnel. So, I check ways. 
And then I do a, oh, maybe just in case, I'm probably sweet, but I'll just go to Macca's, buy some chips, chuck something in the stomach. And then every time I spend like $22 in Macca's. Yeah. And then this time I was like, oh, wonder if they're still there. And then I see six cops walk into the Macca's and I'm like, oh, perfect. They're gone. Uh, <laughs> and just walk out. <laughs> I'm fucking nice, right? <laughs> Dude, that's so good. Yeah. Have you ever blown over? Never, no. No, I've neither. been breath tested so much as well. I've been breath tested a bit, not that often. That that one the other night was probably the most nervous I've ever been because I've never been breath tested where I've had more than two beers. Mm. I've never been breath tested where I've been mildly worried about it at all. Yeah, this I'm was always the first so one. So sweet. Yeah, I've, I've I'll have some like look into the rearview mirror. I'll be like, hmm, my eyes look wider than I assumed they would. Nice. Let's, yeah, play on. Let's play on, boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting though because um, I think as well I'm worried. That because they're wearing the body cams now, you're going to get less of the old, all right, mate, I'll knock this one mm. down for you. Because mm. it used to be like, I don't know, like, fair enough if you're doing like 20 over, 30 over. But, you know, I've had cops in the past when I was like 19, when I was doing like fucking, you know, 17 over. Mm. You know when you get your speeding fines when you're like 19 to 20 mm. and then you're like, oh, this actually costs money. Mm. I need to stop behaving this way. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's like why fines exist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I've had cops where like you, you're doing like 18 over and he's like, mate, I'll do you for 10. Mm. And it's like, mate, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. I really appreciate it. You're still getting clipped up. Yeah, you're yeah. You're still losing the points and the and the money. Mm. But it's like, mate, just those little things. But now with the body cams, I'm, I don't know if it records the audio. I assume it does. But I'm worried that now they can't be like, oh, mate, don't, I'll, well, I'll G this down a bit for you. I don't think that there's there's not enough money in the government for everyone to be watching every single thing that happens on a cops. Yeah, so yeah, I think yeah, we're yeah. sweet. Yeah. But if I get another fine, I will lose my license. So I'm like, I'm, I adhere to the road rules. I don't even know how many demerit points I have. I'm so fucked. Really? Um, yeah. What I, have you done? Oh, a bunch of red light cameras racing to gigs, a oh, bunch yeah. of speeding. Because I was in America and it's just the Wild West there. There's oh, no RBTs. You there, do dude. whatever the fuck you want. Everyone's just doing whatever the fuck they want. There's no cops about. Um, and they will fuck you so hard if they catch you, but they just don't. Like here, yeah. they won't ruin your life um, if they catch you, but they'll probably catch you. But in yeah. America, they probably won't catch you. But if they catch you, you're so fucked. Um, like how so? You can't leave the state for a year. You're on probation. You're Whoa. like, oh, you might have to walk around with a breath tester. Like not just in your car. You'll just have one in your pocket that you need to do every three hours. Jesus. Shit like this. Well, when I was in America, from what I could tell, the highways are a lawless land. Mate, it is you, It is nothing. Mate, there were times... Um, mate, um, I was, there was one point where, like, you're just doing, like, 150, 160 Ks because the cunts behind you are doing it. Yeah. You'll just see a pickup truck behind you, and it's just getting bigger and bigger. And you're like, I'm already doing 120. <laughs> yeah. And this thing's, this guy's on my ass, dude. <laughs> I tried to drive my shitty Kia Optima to New Orleans from Austin because uh, yeah. I couldn't. I we thought, did that drive. Yeah, I thought I could borrow my mate's car. And then, he, no, I tried to rent a car at the airport. To go for the trip because I knew my car couldn't make it. Like, this is the Mazda Metro, like, times 10, bro. It was nuts. (laughs) (laughs) And then they wouldn't let me because I had a credit card. Didn't have a credit card. And then my girlfriend was like, all right, I think we can do it. 
And about halfway to Houston, an hour and a half in, my mate in the back was like, all right, well, this isn't going to happen, is it? We need to get a car because it's just like a smoking thing. Yeah. And here's the scary thing about America. This cunt's going fast. And then there's just highway gators, which are all the ripped tires on the side of the road. Yes. Everywhere, what is with bro. That? It's just everyone's fucking poor, bro. So no one changes their tires. So, if, so you just see fucked up cars and like, highway gators, like- and you're like, that's what's going to happen to me. Yeah. I'm one of those poor people, and these roads are hot. <laughs> Dude, these roads are hot. But um, th- th- I think they have like bad fatalities. Like uh, you would see like skid marks where cunts gone across like three lanes. Um, and you're like, I don't know what happened to that bloke, but I know that he doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. And if he does, he's in an amount of debt we couldn't possibly comprehend. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dude, you're just driving on the highway with some like with like four pickup trucks up behind you. You're doing 160 k's an hour. At one point, I, I, I topped 100 miles an hour. The boys were loving it. And, uh, and you're just like, holy shit, you're on the wrong side of the road. And every second billboard is car accident. Call me. Let's sue the shit out of this bloke. <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, oh. Oh boy. This is like a lawyer with a ponytail being like, getting money rocks. Yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah. Fucking hell, bro. <laughs> this place is the Wild West. Dude, <laughs> it really is. There, I didn't see any breathalyzers or anything over there. You're allowed to, in Texas, you're allowed to be like, no, that actually infringes on my rights. And they're like, have a good night, sir. <laughs> really? Yeah. Dude, I saw something great in a Texas servo. Because at the servos, they sell beers and shit there. Love it, man. And, I lo- and we we're in a servo, like, middle of nowhere. And uh, this old guy, he's like 65, comes in, gets petrol, just goes and gets a big Budweiser tall boy, oh. cracks it, gets back in the car. He's just having a pint while he's driving. Yeah, he's a free man, Billy. That's fuck. That's freedom. That's freedom. That's freedom, dude. Yeah, I love it. The, the American servos, as a, oh, it's just like such a beautiful thing. Dude, I could really get into this. Oh, I love <laughs> them so much. Dude, like- they have everything you could ever, ever need in mm. a servo. You're like, oh. Sure, I might buy a case of White Claw for $14 and some dick pills that might blow my head in pie apart. And then also I'll get a vape and some fried chicken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's an afternoon, my friend. Yeah, I'd like a dumpling, please. Yep, 100%. And now I'm going to watch a black woman call you Osama. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to watch a black woman be kind of fucking horrible and racist to you. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, you can just anything you want. Mm. It's just crazy there. I would walk out with fried chicken all the time and be like, fuck. And my girlfriend was from America. So she like wasn't like enamored by the servos constantly. Yeah. So she's like, why did you buy that? And I'm like, it's fucking mental, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, you can see why like they've got so many issues because there's so much stuff over there that's readily available to them that shouldn't be. Like mm. when I go in to get petrol, man, there are times when I'm starving at the server and I'm like, mm. I'm like, oh, right, well, I'll just get home and bloody eat some dinner or whatever. Mate, over there, you're buying your petrol. There's beautiful fried chicken just mm. sitting there. And a lot of it is disgusting. Disgusting. And there's pizza that's been sitting there for weeks. But then, wait, I saw a bloke in front of me at this servo in Nashville. And he goes, um, can I just get the petrol and a 12 piece of the chicken? 12. 12 piece. And I think there was only like, a le- like it didn't even look like there was maybe 12 piece. And even the servo guy was like, a 12 piece, brother? <laughs> You're getting a 12, 12 pieces of servo fried chicken. It's like, you know how this works. You know how buying servo fried chicken is. You buy three pieces at about one and a half in. You're like, well, I'm an idiot. Yeah. You're, you're literally idiot. like, this is disgusting. Mm. Dude, this, some of the stuff they put in their body over there is absolutely rancid. Like just the cheese. 
and then some of the stuff you don't like know what it is. You're like, it just looks like chicken fingery kind of stuff. And you're like, what's that? Oh, and it's just 7-Eleven. Like, it's like gizzards and stuff like yeah. that in the South. And then you're eating it and you're like, this is horrible. This is yeah. like the, because it's just poor people food. That like Chinese food is poor people food, but they had so long to make it good. Yeah. All these peasants, they haven't had that long to make it good. So it's just butter and oil and like the shittest made. Dude, there's some stuff at 7-Eleven that's fucking rolling around on those conveyor belts or whatever constantly warm where you're like dude i don't know what this is mm. but it's not food dude their 7-elevens are crazy we were in austin we'd come there was one around the corner we came through the 7-eleven and bought three pizzas and they can't throw them in the oven and cooked them up and they're like three dollars each like full-blown pizzas <laughs> dude the taco bell in central austin serves margaritas <laughs> oh my god <laughs> oh what's that burger place in austin uh p terry's p terry's yeah dude vol, vol on our trip weird al he called it um pajimities <laughs> <laughs> anyway dude do you have to go on this fucking holiday or what yeah yeah i'm gonna go on this holiday all right well have a good time i hope you still have a girlfriend when you return oh for sure bro no you seem confident unification unification it's a unification holiday mm. love it all right well all right, laters catch up